King Solomon's Mines by H. Ryder Haggard Chapter 10 The Witch Hunt On reaching our hut, I motioned to Infidus to enter with us. Now, Infidus, I said, we would speak with thee. Let my lords say on. It seems to us, Infidus, that Twala the king is a cruel man. It is so, my lords. Alas, the land cries out with his cruelties. Tonight ye will see. It is the great witch hunt, and many will be smelt out as wizards and slain. No man's life is safe. If the king covets a man's cattle or a man's life, or if he fears a man that he should excite a rebellion against him, then Gagool, whom ye saw, or some of the witch-finding women whom she has taught, will smell that man out as a wizard, and he will be killed. Many will die before the moon grows pale tonight. It is ever so. Perhaps I, too, shall be killed. As yet I have been spared, because I am skilled in war, and beloved by the soldiers. But I know not how long I shall live. The land groans at the cruelties of Twala, the king. It is wearied of him, and his red ways. Then why is it, Infidus, that the people do not cast him down? Nay, my lords, he is the king, and if he were killed, Scraga would reign in his place, and the heart of Scraga is blacker than the heart of Twala, his father. If Scraga were king, the yoke upon our neck would be heavier than the yoke of Twala. If Emotu had never been slain, or if Ignosi, his son, had lived, it had been otherwise, but they are both dead. "'How you know that Ignosi is dead?' said a voice behind us. We looked round with astonishment to see who spoke, and it was Umbopa. "'What meanest thou, boy?' asked Infidus. "'Who told thee to speak?' "'Listen, Infidus,' was the answer, "'and I will tell thee a story. "'Years ago the king Imotu was killed in this country, "'and his wife fled with the boy Ignosi. "'Is that not so?' "'It is so.' "'It was said that the woman and the boy died upon the mountains. "'Is it not so?' "'It is even so. "'Well, it came to pass that the mother and the boy Ignosi did not die. "'They crossed the mountains and were led by a tribe of wandering desert men "'across the sands beyond, till at last they came to water and grass and trees again. "'How knowest thou that?' "'Listen.' They traveled on and on, many months' journey, till they reached a land where a people called the Amazulu, who too were of the Kukawana stock, lived by war, and with them they tarried many years, till at length the mother died. Then the son, Ignosi, again became a wanderer, and went on into a land of wonders, where white people live, and for many more years learned the wisdom of the white people. It is a strange story said Infidus, incredulously. For many years he lived there working as a servant and a soldier, but holding in his heart all that his mother had told him of his own place, and casting about in his mind to find how he might get back there to see his own people and his father's house before he died. For many years he lived and waited, and at last the time came, 
as it ever comes to him who can wait for it. And he met some white men who would seek this unknown land, and joined himself to them. The white men started and journeyed, on and on, seeking for one who is lost. They crossed the burning desert, they crossed the snow-clad mountains, and reached the land of the Kukuanas, and there they met thee, O Infadus. "'Surely thou art mad to talk thus,' said the astonished old soldier. "'Thou thinkest so? See, I will show thee, O my uncle. "'I am Ignosi, rightful king of the Kukuanas.' "'Then, with a single movement, he slipped off the moocha or girdle round his middle, "'and stood naked before us. "'Look!' he said. "'What is this?' "'And he pointed to the mark of a great snake,' "'tattooed in blue round his middle, "'its tail disappearing in its open mouth "'just above where the thighs are set into the body. "'Infidus looked, his eyes starting nearly out of his head, "'and then fell upon his knees. Coom, he said. "'It is my brother's son. It is the king. "'Did I not tell thee so, my uncle? "'Rise, I am not yet the king, but with thy help, and with the help of these brave white men who are my friends, I shall be. But the old woman Gagool was right. The land shall run with blood first, and hers shall run with it, for she killed my father with her words, and drove my mother forth. And now, Infadus, choose thou. Wilt thou put thy hands between my hands, and be my man? Wilt thou share the dangers that lie before me, and help me to overthrow this tyrant and murderer? Or wilt thou not? Choose thou. The old man put his hand to his head and thought. Then he rose, and advancing to where Umbopa, or rather Ignosi, stood, knelt before him, and took his hand. Ignosi, rightful king of the Kukuanas, I put my hand between thy hands, and I am thy man till death. When thou wast a babe, I dangled thee upon thy knee. Now shall my old arm strike for thee and freedom. It is well, Infadus. If I conquer, thou shalt be the greatest man in the kingdom, after the king. If I fail, thou canst only die, and death is not far off for thee. Rise, my uncle. And ye, white men, will you help me? What have I to offer ye? The white stones, if I conquer and can find them, ye shall have as many as ye can carry hence. Wilt that suffice ye? I translated this remark. Tell him, answered Sir Henry, that he mistakes an Englishman. Wealth is good, and if it comes in our way, we will take it. But a gentleman does not sell himself for wealth. But speaking for myself, I say this. I have always liked Umbopa, and so far as lies in me, will stand by him in this business. It will be very pleasant to me to try and square matters with that cruel devil Twala. What do you say, Good? And you, Quartermain? Well, said Good, to adopt the language of the hyperbole, in which all these people seem to indulge, you could tell them that a row is surely good, and warms the cockles of the heart, and that so far as I'm concerned, I'm his boy. My only stipulation is that he allows me to wear trousers. I translated these answers. 
"'It is well, my friends,' said Ignosi. "'And what say you, Macumazahn? "'Art thou too with me, old hunter, "'cleverer than a wounded buffalo?' "'I thought a while and scratched my head. Umbopa, I said, "'I don't like revolutions. "'I'm a man of peace and a bit of a coward.' "'And here Umbopa smiled. "'But on the other hand, I stick to my friends.' "'You have stuck to us and played the part of a man, "'and I will stick to you. "'But mind you, I am a traitor and have to make my living, "'so I accept your offer about those diamonds "'in case we should ever be in a position to avail ourselves of it. "'Another thing, we came, as you know, to look for Inkubus, "'Sir Henry's lost brother. "'You must help us to find him.' "'That I will do,' answered Ignosi. "'Stay, Infadus. "'By the sign of the snake round my middle, tell me the truth. "'Has any white man, to thy knowledge, set his foot within the land?' "'None, O Ignosi. "'If any white man had been seen or heard of, wouldst thou have known it?' "'Yes, I certainly would have known.' "'Thou hearest, Inkubu,' said Ignosi to Sir Henry. "'He has not been here.' "'Well, well,' said Sir Henry.' "'with a sigh. "'There it is. "'I suppose he never got here. "'Poor, poor fellow. "'So it has all been for nothing. "'God's will be done.' "'Now for business,' I put in, "'anxious to escape from a painful subject. "'It is very well to be a king by right divine, Ignosi, "'but how dost thy propose to become a king indeed?' "'Nay, I know not. "'Infidus, do you have a plan?' "'Ignosi, son of the lightning,' answered his uncle. "'Tonight is the great dance and witch-hunt. "'Many will be smelt out and perish, "'and in the hearts of many others "'there will be grief and anguish and anger "'against the king Twala. "'When the dance is over, "'then I will speak to some of the greatest chiefs, "'who in turn, if I can win them over, "'shall speak to their regiments. "'I shall speak to the chiefs softly at first, "'and bring them to see that thou art indeed the king.' "'and I think that by tomorrow's light "'thou shalt have twenty thousand spears at thy command. "'And now I must go and think, and hear, and make ready. "'After the dance is done, I will, if I am yet alive, "'and we are all alive, meet thee here, and we will talk. "'At the best there will be war.' "'At this moment our conference was interrupted "'by the cry that messengers had come from the king.' "'Advancing to the door of the hut, "'we ordered that they should be admitted, "'and presently three men entered, "'each bearing a shining shirt of chain armor "'and a magnificent battle-axe. "'The gifts of my lord the king "'to the white men from the stars!' "'exclaimed a herald who came with them. "'We thank the king,' I announced. "'Withdraw.' "'The men went, "'and we examined the armor with great interest. "'It was the most beautiful chain-work we'd ever seen.' A whole coat fell together so closely that it formed a mass of links scarcely too big to be covered with both hands. "'Do you make these things in this country, Infadus?' I asked. "'They are very beautiful.' "'Nay, my lord, they come down to us from our forefathers. We know not who made them, and there are but few left. None but those of royal blood may wear them. They are magic coats through which no spear can pass.' He who wears them is well-nigh safe in the battle. 
"'The king is well pleased, or much afraid, "'or he would not have sent them. "'Wear them tonight, my lords.' "'The rest of the day we spent quietly resting "'and talking over the situation, "'which was sufficiently exciting. "'At last the sun went down. "'The thousand watchfires glowed out, "'and through the darkness we heard the tramp of many feet "'and the clashing of hundreds of spears "'as the regiments passed to their appointed places "'to be ready for the great dance.' About eight o'clock the full moon came up in splendor, and as we stood watching her ascent, Infidus arrived, clad in full war toggery, and accompanied by a guard of twenty men to escort us to the dance. We had already, as he recommended, donned the shirts of chain armor which the king had sent us, putting them on under our ordinary clothing, and finding to our surprise that they were neither very heavy nor uncomfortable. These steel shorts which had evidently been made for men of a very large stature, hung somewhat loosely upon Good and myself, but Sir Henry's fitted his magnificent frame like a glove. Then strapping our revolvers round our waists, and taking the battle-axes which the king had sent with the armor in our hands, we started. On arriving at the great crawl, where we had that morning been interviewed by the king, we found that it was closely packed with some twenty thousand men arranged in regiments around it. The regiments were in turn divided into companies, and between each company was a little path to allow free passage to the witch-finders to pass up and down. Anything more imposing than the sight that was presented by this vast and orderly concourse of armed men, it is impossible for one to conceive. There they stood, perfectly silent, and the moon poured her light upon the forest of their raised spears, upon their majestic forms, waving plumes, and the harmonious shading of their various colored shields. Wherever we looked was line upon line of dim faces surmounted by range upon range of shimmering spears. Surely, I said to Infidus, the whole army is here. Nay, Makumazan, he answered, but a third part of it. One third part is present at this dance each year. Another third part is mustered outside, "'in case there should be trouble when the killing begins. Ten thousand more garrison the outposts round Lou, "'and the rest watch at the crawls in the country. "'Thou seest it is a very great people.' "'They are very silent,' said Good. "'And indeed the intense stillness among such a vast concourse of living men "'was almost overpowering. "'What says Bhagwan?' asked Infidus. "'I translated.' "'Those over whom the shadow of death is hovering are silent,' he answered, grimly. "'Will many be killed?' "'Very many.' "'It seems,' I said to the others, "'that we are going to assist at a gladiatorial show "'arranged regardless of expense for us.' Sir Henry shivered, and Good said that he wished that we could get out of it. "'Tell me,' I asked Infidus, "'are we in danger?' I know not, my lords, I trust not. But do not seem afraid. If ye live through the night, all may go well. The soldiers murmur against the king. All this while we had been advancing steadily towards the center of the open space in the midst of which were placed some stools. As we proceeded, we perceived another small party coming from the direction of the royal hut. It is the king, Twala, and Scraga, his son. "'and Gagool the old, and see, with them, 
are those who slay. And he pointed to a little group of about a dozen gigantic and savage-looking men, armed with spears in one hand and heavy carries in the other. The king seated himself upon the center stool. Gagool crouched at his feet, and the others stood behind. "'Greeting, white lords,' he cried as we came up. "'Be seated. Waste not the precious time. The night is all too short for the deeds that must be done. Ye come in good hour, and shall see a glorious show. Look round, white lords. Look round.' and he rolled his one wicked eye from regiment to regiment. Can the stars show ye such a sight as this? See how they shake in their wickedness, all those who have evil in their hearts, and fear the judgment of heaven above. Begin! Begin! cried out Gagool in her thin, piercing voice. The hyenas are hungry. They howl for food. Begin! Begin! Then for a moment there was intense stillness, made horrible by a presage of what was to come. The king lifted his spear, and suddenly twenty thousand feet were raised as though they belonged to one man, and brought down with a stamp upon the earth. This was repeated three times, causing the solid ground to shake and tremble. Then, from the far point of the circle, a solitary voice began a wailing song of which the refrain ran something as follows. What is the lot of man born of woman? Back came the answer rolling out from every throat in the vast company. Death. Gradually, however, the song was taken up by company after company till the whole armed multitude were singing it, and I could no longer follow the words except in so far as they appeared to represent various phases of human passions, fears, and joys. Now it seemed to be a love song, now a majestic swelling war chant, and last of all a death dirge ending suddenly in one heartbreaking wail that went echoing and rolling away in a volume of blood-curdling sound. Again the silence fell upon the place, and again it was broken by the king lifting up his hand. Instantly there was a pattering of feet, and from out of the masses of the warriors, strange and awful figures came running towards us. As they drew near, we saw that they were those of women, most of them aged, for their white hair, ornamented with small bladders taken from fish, streamed out behind them. Their faces were painted in stripes of white and yellow. Down their backs hung snakeskins, and round their waists rattled circlets of human bones, while each held in her shriveled hand a small forked wand. In all there were ten of them. When they arrived in front of us, they halted, and one of them pointing with her wand towards the crouching figure of Gagool cried out, Mother, old mother, we are here. Good, 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 piped out that aged iniquity. Are your eyes keen, Isanusis? "'Ye seers, ye seers in dark places. "'Mother, they are keen. "'Good, good. "'Are your ears open, Isanusas, "'ye who hear words that come not from the tongue. "'Mother, they are open. "'Good, good. "'Are your senses awake, Isanusas? "'Can ye smell blood? Can ye purge the land of the wicked ones who compass evil against the king and against their neighbors? 
are ye ready to do the justice of heaven above? Ye whom I have taught, who have eaten of the bread of my wisdom, and drunk of the water of my magic. Mother, we can. Then go, tarry not, ye vultures, see the slayers, pointing to the ominous group of executioners behind. Make sharp their spears. The white men from afar are hungry to see. Go. With a wild yell, the weird party broke away in every direction, like fragments from a shell, and the dry bones round their waist, rattling as they ran, made direct for various points of the dense human circle. We could not watch them all, so fixed our eyes upon the Isanusi nearest us. When she came within a few paces of the warriors, she halted and began to dance wildly, turning round and round with an almost incredible rapidity, and shrieking out sentences such as, I smell him, the evil doer! He is near, he who poisoned his mother! I heard the thoughts of him who thought evil of the king! Quicker and quicker she danced, till she lashed herself into such a frenzy of excitement that the foam flew in flecks from her gnashing jaws. Her eyes seemed to start from her head, and her flesh to quiver visibly. Suddenly she stopped dead, and stiffened all over, like a pointer dog when he scents game, and then, with outstretched wand, began to creep stealthily toward the soldiers before her. It seemed to us that as she came their stoicism gave way, and that they shrank from her. As for ourselves, we followed her movements with a horrible fascination. Presently, still creeping and crouching like a dog, she was before them. Then she stopped and pointed, and then again crept on a pace or two. Suddenly, the end came. With a shriek, she sprang in and touched a tall warrior with the forked wand. Instantly, two of his comrades, those standing immediately next to him, seized the doomed man, each by one arm, and advanced with him towards the king. He did not resist, but we saw that he dragged his limbs as though they were paralyzed, and his fingers, from which the spear had fallen, were limp as those of a man newly dead. As he came, two of the villainous executioners stepped forward to meet him. Presently they met, and the executioners turned round towards the king, as though for orders. Kill, said the king. Kill, squeaked Gagool. Kill, re-echoed Scraga with a hollow chuckle. Almost before the words were uttered, the horrible deed was done. One man had driven his spear into the victim's heart, and to make assurance doubly sure, the other had dashed out his brains with a great club. One, counted Twala the king, just like a black Madame Defarge, as Good said, and the body was dragged a few paces away and stretched out. Hardly was this done before another poor wretch was brought up, like an ox to the slaughter. This time we could see from the leopard-skin cloak that the man was a person of rank. Again the awful syllables were spoken, and the victim fell dead. Two, counted the king. And so the deadly game went on, till some hundred bodies were stretched in rows behind us. I have heard of the gladiatorial shows of the Caesars and of the Spanish bullfights, but I take the liberty of doubting if they were either of them half as horrible as this Kukuwana witch-hunt. Gladiatorial shows 
and Spanish bullfights at any rate contributed to the public amusement, which certainly was not the case here. The most confirmed sensation monger would fight shy of sensation if he knew it was well upon the cards that he would, in his own proper person, be the subject of the next event. Once we rose and tried to remonstrate, but were sternly repressed by Twala. Let the law take its course, white men. These dogs are magicians and evildoers. It is well that they should die, was the only answer given to us. About half past ten there was a pause. The witch finders gathered themselves together, apparently exhausted with their bloody work, and we thought that the whole performance was done with. But it was not so, for presently, to our surprise, the old woman, Gagool, rose from her crouching position, and supporting herself with a stick, staggered off into the open space. It was an extraordinary sight to see this frightful, vulture-headed old creature, bent nearly double with extreme age, gather strength by degrees, till at last she rushed about almost as actively as her ill-omened pupils. To and fro she ran, chanting to herself, till suddenly she made a dash at a tall man standing in front of one of the regiments, and touched him. As she did so, a sort of groan went up from the regiment, which he evidently commanded. But all the same, two of its members seized him and brought him up for execution. We afterwards learned that he was a man of great wealth and importance, being, indeed, a cousin of the king's. He was slain, and the king counted one hundred and three. Then Gagool again sprang to and fro, gradually drawing nearer and nearer to ourselves. "'Hang me if I don't believe she's going to try her games on us,' said Good, in horror. "'Nonsense,' said Sir Henry. "'As for myself, I saw that old fiend dancing nearer and nearer, my heart positively sinking into my boots. I glanced behind us at the long rows of corpses and shivered. Nearer and nearer waltzed Gagool, looking for all the world like an animated crooked stick.' her horrid eyes gleaming and glowing with a most unholy luster. Nearer she came, and nearer yet, every pair of eyes in that vast assemblage, watching her movements with intense anxiety. At last she stood still and pointed. "'Which is it to be?' asked Sir Henry to himself. In a moment all doubts were set at rest, for the old woman had rushed in and touched Umbopa, alias Ignosi, on the shoulder." "'I smell him out!' she shrieked. "'I kill him! Kill him! He is full of evil! Kill him, the stranger, before blood flows for him! Slay him, O king!' There was a pause, which I instantly took advantage of. "'O king!' I called out, rising from my seat. "'This man is the servant of thy guest. He is their dog. Whosoever sheds the blood of our dog sheds our blood.' "'By the sacred law of hospitality, I claim protection for him. "'Gagool, mother of witch-doctors, has smelt him out. "'He must die, white men,' was the sullen answer. "'Nay, he shall not die,' I replied. "'He who tries to touch him shall die indeed.' "'Seize him!' roared Twala to the executioners, "'who stood around red to the eyes with the blood of their victims. "'They advanced towards us, and then hesitated.' As for Ignosi, he raised his spear, and raised it as though determined to sell his life dearly. 
"'Stand back, ye dogs!' I shouted in their language. "'If ye would see tomorrow's light, touch one hair of his head, and your king dies!' And I covered Twala with my revolver. Sir Henry and Good also drew their pistols, Sir Henry pointing his at the leading executioner, who was advancing to carry out the sentence, and Good taking a deliberate aim at Gagool. Twala winced perceptibly as my barrel came in line with his broad chest. "'Well,' I said, "'what is it to be, Twala?' Then he spoke. "'Put away your magic tubes,' he said. "'Ye have adjured me in the name of hospitality, "'and for that reason, but not from fear of what ye can do, "'I spare him. Go in peace.' "'It is well,' I answered, unconcernedly. "'We are weary of slaughter.' "'and would sleep. "'Is the dance ended?' "'It is ended,' Twala answered, sulkily. "'Let these dogs,' pointing to the long rows of corpses, "'be flung out to the hyenas and the vultures.' "'And he lifted his spear. "'Instantly the regiments began in perfect silence "'to defile off to the crawl gateway, "'a fatigue party only remaining behind "'to drag away the corpses of those who had been sacrificed.' Then we, too, rose, and making our salam to his majesty, which he hardly designed to acknowledge, departed to our crawl. "'Well,' said Sir Henry, as we sat down, having first lit a lamp of the sort used by the Cucuanas, of which the wick is made of the fiber of a species of palm leaf, and the oil of clarified hippopotamus fat. "'Well, I feel uncommonly inclined to be sick.' "'If I had any doubts about helping Umbopa to rebel against that infernal blackguard,' put in Good, "'they are gone now. "'It was as much as I could do to sit while that slaughter was going on. "'I tried to keep my eyes shut, but they would open just at the wrong time. "'I wonder where Infidus is. "'Umbopa, my friend, you ought to be grateful to us. "'Your skin came near to having an air hole made in it.' "'I am grateful, Bhagwan,' was Umbopa's answer when I had translated, and I shall not forget. As for Infidus, he will be here by and by. We must wait. So we lit our pipes and waited. 